Hey man, how are you? I'm great. I got a uh, Jer's coming in too, so he should be hopping on soon. I see him right here. Let's uh, let's grab him. Hey, how's it going? Well, here it's good. Let's jump right into it. Yeah. Can I get you guys to introduce yourselves and your role in creating this this docu series called uh, Trucking for Freedom? Can we start with you, maybe Andrew? Can we go with you first? Sure thing. Yeah, I'm Andrew Peloso. I'm one of the directors. Yeah, we're making a, we're trying to make a beautiful docu-series. Uh, we're focused on telling the truth of this story. Uh, we embedded ourselves in the convoy from day one, uh, spoke with the org organizers, and really tried to get a behind the scenes approach to uh, what was happening uh, during the demonstration across Canada. And uh, we thought we, this was just going to be one 20 minute little mini clip montage we put on social. But as you're well aware, like day one or day two, we realized this is a massive story and basically built a 20 person film crew from across Canada, uh, all volunteer basis. And we just started capturing the footage. So, yeah, that's a bit about me. Over to you, Jer. Yeah, of course. And I am also directing this film series. Uh, Andrew called me middle of the night like the, the maybe the two days before the convoy started maybe even the day before the convoy started he was out in vancouver uh he was actually on vacation um called me and said hey i think there's a thing happening and maybe we want to film it um so i was I like think. okay man let, let, let me let me sleep on it and i'll get back to you in the morning but i think i'm 90 percent sure that i'll come out with you at the bare minimum let's go run some cameras and see what's going on um, and we, we joined this, this movement of just pure love and, and patriotism uh, for Canadians. And, and it's become our lives for this next year as we, as we produce this series. Uh, so if, if that can tell you how much it moved us, we're entrepreneurs ourselves. We have our own businesses and we've more or less put our lives on hold to make sure that the world can see what actually happened because it was so misrepresented by legacy media. Mm. Andrew, why do these calls always have to come through in the middle of the night? I know, man. It, you know, the funniest thing is like with family, right? So my dad sends me, you know, I'd say five links a day of things to read or look at. And, you know, you're like, oh, thanks, dad. Thanks, pops. And uh, for whatever reason, when he sent me this bear hug link, I just thought the from a visual angle, the concept of that many vehicles going across Canada and converging in a city, I was like, we, we got to capture that. So um, back in the day, they had all of the road captains still with their phone numbers on the website. I called and I got through to, to two of them. And I said, hey, listen, I want to do this thing. And um, <clears throat> they were a little bit hesitant at first, but by by the second day, we actually sent them a film prospectus and said, like, we want to do this the right way. And um, they said, OK, yeah, we'll open up the, the behind the scenes story for you guys. And so we just we just went with the cameras and did our thing. So do you guys both have a death wish? Or like, Because <laughs> clearly powerful entities don't want the truth being out. That's why this is such an exciting docuseries, because I mean, the media wasn't even, I mean, we know how it's painted. So, uh, and now to have you guys come along and, and share the truth, this could be the most important docuseries that I can even think of it in our lifetime in Canada. You know, I mean, because of the fact that 
so many people are, and maybe we, hopefully we agree on this, so many people are brainwashed into perceiving the, the, the convoy as one thing, racist, uh, you know, extremists that are trying to topple the government. But those of us who watched it in real time with live streams on, on IG and, and whatnot could see the, the stark difference of what was being reported in, in uh, legacy media into what was happening on the ground in real time. It was so different that it shook us awake. Um, but there were so many people that didn't watch it on social media. They just saw it on CBC or CTV or global and have this complete other thing going on in their mind. So this is, this is a, a, a paradigm breaker for a lot of people. And so I guess my question is, is this more of a, a tale for us all awake people to you know reminisce and oh yeah wasn't that a moment or is this something for the sleeping people to shake them awake what what's sort of the intent behind the docuseries hmm. that's a that's a really good question um we are trying our best to present this story in the most unbiased and factual way. Uh, the word that we've used the most is actually uh, chronicle. Uh, we'd like to chronicle the events of the Freedom Convoy because the reality is that we both knew that media has its own agenda. Uh, things might be a little askew, but, but not that far off of the truth. Uh, we both have agreed that, that this event opened our eyes to how much propaganda we actually are being presented with. Uh, legacy media on this, first off, never wanted to cover it at all. The rest of the world covered it before Canada covered it, and Canada only covered it because the rest of the world was covering it. Wow. And then once, once they did start covering it, they were pointing cameras in exact opposite ways. They, they were intentionally trying to tell a different narrative and, and we were watching it happen. Um, so we feel like it's a, an incredible responsibility not to create something that pumps the tires of the Freedom Convoy, not to create something that is uh, our own type of propaganda piece, not some type of anti-government, whatever it may be, um, what we really want to do is be able to say, hey, like, look, here's the facts. Uh, this is what's been going on. Let's let's at least give these people a platform to be able to uh, to be able to speak. Um, and I, I mean, you ask if we have a death wish. Uh, honestly, no, we don't have a death wish, but we feel like we have a responsibility. And it's funny, I was listening to an interview of you actually this morning. Um, Rebel News interviewed you, and, and she said something that's been with me all morning as uh, as I've been going about my day, and it's that if uh, evil prevails when, when good people stay silent, uh, and that's what we're seeing is so many people are so afraid to speak, but the reality is, is that we, we put ourselves in a position where we're like, okay, like we'll, we'll accept the costs of what it takes to do this. We'll take on that responsibility. Um, I don't think it's going to be a, a death wish. There are a lot of people that agree with what the, the, the team that moved to Ottawa across Canada. There's a lot of people that agreed with what they were doing. Um, they're just afraid to speak. For example, we, we were interviewing for 
episode one, and we tried to find pro-lockdown, pro-vaccine, pro-government, pro-everything. We tried to create the most unbiased compilation as possible. And the reality is, is that they didn't even want to show up on camera. And it's because they're afraid. So we'd like to create an environment that allows people to be less afraid to share opinion, uh, to inquire, to be curious, to explore, uh, and, and not be criminalized for it. I think it's interesting, the idea that, uh, that people in real life didn't want to show up on camera because we seem to live in this world where everything we see is through our phones and we're reading the comment section and your brain just naturally says, Oh my God, all these comments and this must be what represent like the majority of what people think, but we don't know how much, how many of those people are, are bots or fake accounts or whatever. I, I, yet in real life, you don't see as many people with that uh, opinion. That's maybe uh more pro-freedom. So it makes me think that we're sort of living in a little bit of an illusion where, uh, you know, it's sort of like this herd mentality where I guess I, I'm afraid to speak against the, the narrative is bigger than, than it really is. I don't know if that makes any sense what I'm saying. I just think it's great that you had cameras like on the ground with real people that we can see, you know, real life happening, which I think is so important because, uh, Man, it's hard to find. It's hard to find what's real or what's true these days. It seems very uh, confusing with, with with how social media and algorithms and everyone's kept inside their own bubble and served up more of what they already believe. And it's bizarre. How many um, how many parts in this docu series do you guys have planned? Are they all completed? Or are you kind of going along, stitching them yeah. together? Or where are we at with the story arc? Yeah, so <clears throat> we're doing a six-part docu-series minimum. Um, you know, this is a big story, so we're, we're already talking about stretching it potentially. But um, where we're starting off, episode one is actually how we got here. Um, so what we're focusing on is the last two years of policy, social implications, all of that, that spurred this freedom movement. Uh, we felt if we didn't credentialize the the reality that Canadians were experiencing and um, the difficulties that that encouraged a lot of people to join the convoy, that a lot of what we're going to share in the future episodes is going to fall on uh, on deaf ears because um, we need to show that things got bad enough um, for for people that, for example, chose not to be vaccinated or just people that were uh, disagreed in general with uh, the government's overreach. So. Episode one, uh, we've attempted to cover two years of policy uh, in in about 40 minutes. So it's uh, it's a lot. And uh, that's what episode one is. That's releasing this Sunday. Um, it's going to be free. It will be free forever on truckingforfreedom.com. Uh, we believe this is a story of the public. And the public's been gracious enough to purchase film credits on our site to, uh, to, to help us keep the lights on so that we can just tell this story. Um, we're then going to go into uh, ch chapter two is going to be all about the convoy all the way up to Ottawa. We were on the road. We didn't know what to expect. We thought that a lot of people thought that the military would definitely be showing up in Ottawa and we wouldn't be able to get in. 
Um, we're then going to go into Ottawa during the glory days when things are all happy and fun. And then we're going to start digging into the Emergencies Act, uh, police action, and some of the bigger implications that ultimately um, uh, broke up the, the demonstration in Ottawa. Um, we're going to cover uh, coots, we're going to cover the border crossings, and really, uh, just going back to what Jeremy was saying, we are going to try and focus on um, this being a story for all of Canada. Whether you agree with it or disagree, this happened. And it was not put in a proper spotlight um, like we're used to, uh, a story that is, you know, okay to tell. So uh, I just want to share one last thing too. Like we were on the road, we started this little rinky-dink website, day two, driving in the convoy. Um, we started getting 60,000 hits a day. And we realized that we are not going to be able with, you know, a couple cameras and a small film team to tell this story adequately. So we put an upload footage button and man, we were so overwhelmed with the amount of people taking the time to click the button, upload their cell footage, upload their drone footage, upload, you know, their kids jumping on, on their bed with freedom signs. Um, wow. They all gave it to us and they said, take this footage and go tell a story guys. And um, so we have offline servers with all of this archived. And in addition to what we're capturing and the reenactments and all the cinema stuff we're doing, we are going to put in footage from everyday Canadians and show the truth. That's the deal. Wow. It's got goosebumps just thinking about what's on that hard drive. Because I mean, I, I mean, uh, I was watching that in real time, you know, as millions of us were, and I was like, oh my God, I did not realize I was this emotional. <laughs> like how many times did you see the videos with the Canadian flag in slow motion and like, uh, we will not comply. And those couple theme songs that became anthems during that time. Um, it was so emotional. Like I, I cried several times watching this and, and not knowing what was gonna happen. I mean, I can't imagine you guys documenting this you're on the ground you're capturing the story flying by the seat of your pants knowing this is going to be some sort of historical event but not knowing what the ending was going to be like that must have been incredibly emotional slash exciting for you guys at what point did you start to say like oh my god like i can't believe we had the foresight to jump on this or was there a moment where it became too much or shocking or tell me what it was like during that that time when everyone's gathered in Ottawa there's the worrying of the police showing up things are getting tense what was like that for you guys so honestly that that moment started for us uh when we joined the convoy in Calgary uh, it, it wasn't in Ottawa that moment was the whole way across the the country even as the the night before the, the convoy left Calgary, we ended up meeting up with one of the organizers at his house and, uh, and was just there as he was prepping and we were interviewing him and trying to get uh, some insight as to what's going on. And even as he's on the phone talking with, uh, with his convoy leader that's coming from, from Vancouver, uh, he's saying like, wow, there's like a thousand trucks already. Um, and, and just like the energy starting to build and it's like, whoa, this is maybe big. Um, and even at that point, we thought to ourselves, like, oh, like maybe, maybe this is going to be 
pretty big, but by no means did we ever think that when we started the convoy and we started seeing what was rolling out of Calgary, we we're like, wow, this is too big to capture. And that's when Andrew, like I'm driving, if you can picture this, I'm driving, Andrew's sitting beside me and he's like, okay, we can't capture this with our cameras, the two of us. We don't have our film crew with us. We don't have uh, our team with us. We don't have anything going on. This is happening right across the country. Every single overpass has like 500 people on it. It's like, this is wild. So he's sitting there and he's building a website as I'm driving, we're running it off a hotspot, going through pretty poor reception areas. And, <laughs> and I mean, if you can imagine what this website looked like, it was like, it, it was, it's crazy that we were getting 60,000 hits a day uh, right off the bat on that website. Like the energy was everywhere. And as we were driving across the country, we were trying to embed ourselves and help where we could and film where we could and, and do everything that was possible. Uh, so we were sleeping like 20 minutes a night, 40 minutes a night tops, and you still had energy. That's like the vibe that was going on. Wow. And then when you get into Ottawa and you're like, okay, like we actually ended up going a completely different way than the convoy to, to ensure that we were going to gain access to the city because we were with some of the organizers. So we ended up breaking off of the convoy and uh, and strategically placed ourselves right downtown in Ottawa properly. And I mean, like, we did that because you never knew what was going to go on. Like we're talking to, the media is talking about like all the cameras first off being shut off right across the Trans-Canada. So you couldn't access the cameras that are readily available right now. And anytime the government shut it off, uh, we were experiencing drops in cell coverage. We were experiencing like all of these these crazy things that were like, is this actually happening? Are we actually being throttled? I think we're actually being throttled. And it would happen when we go through like big, big, uh, big city centers, like Winnipeg was insane, absolutely insane. I'm pretty sure every single person in Winnipeg was on the streets, just, just shouting, holding up signs, big flags. There's, there's, a, there's a, a Native American gentleman who's smudging and like blessing the convoy as it's going through. And it's like, wow, this is, this is the biggest demographic of what, of multiculturalism and, and what Canada truly represents all gathered out on the streets after being locked down for two years. Um, and it's so cool. And then, and then we get into Ottawa and it's like, wow, this is insane. Like there's so much love here. Like you, you were either crying or you were laughing and you're always smiling, whether you're crying or laughing, because everyone is just so like, just so infatuated with what is actually happening. The, there is no barrier between any demographic whatsoever. Like everybody is just giving big hugs. I, I don't know, coming from Alberta, I've always looked at Quebec as being the furthest thing from uh, from what we are um, because of the language barriers and, and different thought processes. And like, you're just hugging your, your brothers and sisters from, from Quebec. And you realize that there really isn't anything different between that person and you. And it's, it's like, I don't know, it, it's, it was literally a, a unity movement where everyone was pulled together. Um, and then like, we started getting concerned about, okay, 
like we're experiencing wild amounts of throttling. The the CDC reporters have tried to tried a smear campaign against uh, Andrew and myself, um, and it's like they 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 publicly posted our businesses, uh, our personal uh, information, um, and and you're starting to experience this, and you're like, okay, like this this is actually starting to get weird. Like our phones were bugged, uh, and everything is crashing on our on our mobile devices. Like it was a it was a really it started to get scary, honestly, um, and we started treating the footage that we were getting as gold. Uh, we were backing up multiple drives. We had like terabyte, huge, like massive terabyte drives that were backed up three times over. And uh, we actually strategically ended up getting, some of our film team came out to Ottawa uh, and started filming with us. And we were sending people back on planes with the footage to be able to back up in RAID drives because we were afraid of our footage getting confiscated and destroyed. Um, so it, it really started to turn into like a covert operation, uh, just of information, which Jesus. is the craziest thing, but it, it was actually happening. Yeah. Like a James Bond movie. You're trying to get the thumb drive out. Like, where do you stick it? That's uh, how do you get your cleavage to like get through the border? Some crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. The way I just feel like I'm there with you guys. I can't wait to watch this docuseries. I'm curious to know how far the, the the filming goes. I mean, I know that there's because at, at some point it gets it gets dark, and then it gets sad, and people start, you know, leaving to go home. And there's people that were abandoned there for a few weeks afterwards. Tell me about towards the end after the wild the wild heydays. Sure. Um, so the part of our film crew that was able to fly got out of there. Um, um, and then there were some of us that had the drive. I was in the driving portion. Um, we left at the cover of night, um, <clears throat> legitimately concerned because we were staying down uh, at a hotel right by Parliament. Um, and we were with a lot of the organizers. And it was getting to the point, I kid you not, towards the last three or four days, where you know, getting access to getting in some of these meeting rooms and boardrooms where things were getting organized, it was it was a covert op because it, it was a we were experiencing a psych op right that was what was happening on the ground so you know you 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 give a message on signal to one guy who knows a guy and you're going through the back door of a little conference room and you got to knock on the door and get vetted and then you're in phones off you know like the whole deal um and it was just trying to organize how, how do we get out of here properly? Because so many people were getting um, arrested or picked up and then they were getting dropped off, you know, 20, 30 minutes outside of the Ottawa core and basically said, you know, if we find you back downtown, you know, you're going to jail. Um, so that was the vibe. Um, anyways, we ended up, uh, I met with... Um, a great guy, Jeff, um, who you've probably seen on the live stream, big beard. Uh, he was an awesome guy that spoke for the movement. And uh, me and Jeff got out of there uh, and drove 24 hours all the way to Winnipeg nonstop um, to get out of there with the camera and, the footage and all of that. Uh, so the feeling towards the end was, was intense. It was everyone. These And keep in mind, right? These are not like highly trained political operatives. These are just everyday Canadian moms and dads who decided to come to Ottawa and stand up for their beliefs 
and they're all scared that their bank accounts are going to get frozen and that they're going to jail. It was wild. Now I'll just share this. I don't really share this on interviews, but um, you know, in, in my uh, career in media, I've done a lot of um, political campaigns and been beh behind the veil, so to speak, um, making media for political organizations. Um, I did the campaign in Alberta um, about three years back. Um, and so I'm used to creating media when you feel like you have the safety of the power of the institution behind you, right? This felt exactly like to the letter, exactly like a political campaign, except with zero protections, right? You're standing up for your values and the only power you have behind you is the power of the people. Uh, you got nothing else, right? And so it, it was insane. It was a real experience and I, uh, yeah, that's, that's, it was wild. <laughs> So it's, it's scary. It feels like a leap of faith in, in some sense. Like, I hope this is going to work out for us. Like, you know, I hope that, I mean, because you must have been concerned that maybe your bank accounts would get frozen or the RCMP is going to show up at your home or something like that. I hope nothing like that happened to you guys. And it didn't for us, thankfully, but it was, um, you know, we were one step once like people we were working with were getting their bank accounts frozen. Like we're interviewing a guy and the next day, um, Tom Morazzo, he says, yeah, my, my, uh, my bank account just got frozen and my ex-wife of uh, 10 years just got 50 points taken away from her beacon rating for her credit score. Like th that was how deep it was going for no reason. Just woke up one day and her credit score is down 50 points. So it, wow. it was, it was insane. We were seeing that all the way through and, and, um, so that's the importance of this documentary. I just want to web it back there for one second is we're, we're just going to tell a story that everyone can, can hopefully appreciate because we're not trying to get people to think a certain way. We're just trying to say, this happened. This is a moment of Canadian history, right? Either than the War Measures Act, this is the first time the Emergency Act has been used um, against a demonstration, right? A peaceful demonstration. Um, Either than the occasional drunk person cranking too many beers at night in Ottawa, there was nothing. There was nothing that we saw. It was just a movement for the people standing up for freedom of choice, freedom to think, basically. And um, we got a lot of footage about that. And we got a bunch of behind the scene interviews. Like we were able to basically, you know, the live streams are going on. And then we pull these, these convoy organizers and we sit them down in the hot seat and we just tell them to say whatever they'd like. And they're just venting about this process. And this footage has never been seen. And uh, that's what we're gonna get into in the, in the subsequent uh, chapters is to actually show the heart of these people. It's a very human story. And I really hope that, I mean, people who watch us, whether or not you were kind of bought into what the mainstream legacy media was telling you or not, the idea that there, we shouldn't ever be in fear of what we want to say, because, hey, maybe, maybe, you, maybe you're not gonna be convinced that uh that this trucker convoy was a good thing for for canada maybe you're just not going to go there however subconsciously there's got to be some fear that you're holding on to that well shit, what what if one day it's about something that i do care about what it's something to do with you know how i grow my crops or my farm or how i run my business or what if someday there's something i need to stand up for and then it, it's like 
hidden or censored or the wrongs it's misrepresented in the media and my neighbors who are good people now suddenly think I'm evil because they've been told a, a, a twist of a story. I hope that this wakes people up that like, Hey, like we need to uh, be able to be open and honest and at least get fed the truth so we can make up our own minds. When you're not given the truth, you don't even have the option to, <laughs> to come to a, a fair conclusion of what's going on, which makes us, it's like we're being treated like children in a way. Um, guys, this, I'm so excited about this. So the first day is, I think it's on Sunday, the first episode gets released. Can you, yeah, can you hype that up and where can we find it and watch this? Yeah, you bet. So the first episode is, is going to be released on Sunday, uh, May 15th. Um, the first episode is the foundation giving justification for the truck movement, the uh, truck convoy movement that happened. Uh, it is called How We Got Here. And it is, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really crammed 40 minute episode of what happened in the two years prior to, uh, to the truck drivers deciding to do what they were going to do. Um, we've interviewed lawyers and doctors. We have the legal aspect, the medical aspect, tried to find uh, doctors who were, who were both a little bit curious and, and maybe looking at the science and trying to find uh, uh, data in the numbers to, to support like, hey, maybe, maybe this stuff isn't perfectly researched and maybe there are a couple concerns that we should pay attention to. Um, and I mean, that their careers have been completely trashed because they threw out maybes um, all the way to, uh, to uh, an emergency doctor that, who, that was dealing with, with uh, COVID patients daily. And, uh, and he was talking about the, the importance of the vaccine right off the bat and like why lockdowns made sense. So it's a, it's a, it's a good broad perspective of what happened and it's crazy honestly going back in time because we had we had a couple research and development uh girls on our team that were pulling information and all of these articles to be able to compile in this 40 minutes and just going back and watching it it's like it makes your head spin what we've been through the last two years because honestly we really do forget what we've been through we've been through the the just the ringer and and I think everybody's so tired that we've given up and it's just oh, like another day, like wonder what's going to happen today. There's, there's no, there's no fight in, in us anymore. Um, so this is just a, it's a reminder of what we've been through. Um, try to present it as unbiased as possible. Uh, it's going to air on uh, trekkingforfreedom.com. That's the, the website where this will be readily available for free all the time whenever you want to watch it. Uh, we're also partnering with different networks that are going to distribute this as far as possible. Uh, we're, this is a non-exclusive uh, film. So if anybody wants to take it on and, and get it out to their followings, they are free to do so. So please reach out to us and uh, inquire about that if you are someone in media and, and does want to dive a little bit deeper into what this story is. Um, yeah, so that's, that's where we can watch it right now. And, and we'll keep, we'll keep everyone up to date on our website where they can watch with networks that are partnering with us. Um, but the easiest way to watch it is, is on the, on the website, truckingforfreedom.com. And what's the best way people can support 
what you guys are doing. Yeah. yeah. The, the, biggest, the biggest way you can support is by sharing this as far as possible. It is going to be blacklisted regardless of trying to be unbiased. Um, we are going to be shadow banned. I am certain of that. It is important that, that people use their platforms to get this out as wide and far as possible uh, and just never stop. Just, just continue to share it because it's important information. Um, and it's like freedom's important. Our, our, our forefathers died for the freedom that we have today and we're giving it away and, and it doesn't come back to us if we freely give it away. That's what we want to do It's like, this is, this is Canada's story. So, you know, come alongside us and help us tell a beautiful story. That that's the whole deal. This is Canadians have given us our mandate and we're just trying to do a good job with the footage they've given us. So that's the plan. Amazing. All of that is uh, truckingforfreedom.com to find all that stuff. Amazing. I just, I can't help but think how important this film is. I know when all of this was going on, um, especially when it was winding down and the truckers were going home and I was interviewing some of the truckers and one guy was like, his name was Brent, amazing guy from Alberta. And he was like, yeah, I'm home now. And I was asking him what it was like. And he said, man, it was really like discouraging and emotional because you know, we went out to, I hadn't seen my wife in like weeks. And uh, so my wife and I had a, had a date night and we went out for, you know, dinner at a restaurant and the server at the restaurant was just, and he's back in his hometown after having been on the front lines for all this time. And the, the server was just like, oh yeah, I can't believe that the, all those, you know, racists tried to topple like the government, like who do they think they are? Like, <laughs> and he just, that's when it really hit him, how awful it was how misrepresented the story was and you know it's like you go to war and you come home from the front lines and like you expect you're going to get a hero's welcome and like people are turning up their nose at you like you're the bad guy and how discouraging and how depleting that would feel when you've gone and done such a good thing not just for you but for everyone for your neighbors for your fellow country people like so to finally have the the story told in a non-biased way without the government slant, I think is going to rock some people. And I think it's going to, I think it's going to wake people up. I think it's going to repair relationships. I think it's going to bring family members together that maybe didn't yeah. understand why this was something you were so behind. Like, why were you sending me all these links? God, you're the, you're the crazy black sheep of the family. I think this could really bring the other half over and be like, oh my God, this is what you were so fired up about. And I, I have to say this, because it is these truckers, these people with a heart of service that just went and took a whole month of their lives to, to, to park there. Um, they're badass, man. And we're going to show that part too. Like you've seen little montages on YouTube. You've seen live streams and all of that stuff. We're going to take it. We're taking it to a film level and we're going to show these people as the beauties they are, because that's part of the story too. We're also going to show the detraction and we're going to show both sides to keep it unbiased, but um, we're going to show how legit it, like it's legit. Why else would other countries be like, we're having a convoy too. And you can see all the footage of people having their convoys because it's such a demonstration of, of uh, unity. It's insane. And so thank you truckers for what you're doing. You're, you are the nucleus of this story 
And uh, they need to remember and have a piece of content for themselves and their families to remember why they did this. And, and, and we want this to become a, the true word legacy, um, something that they can flip on for their, their grandkids one day and say, this, this is what I did, right? Hmm. Andrew, Jeremy, I'm so uh, honored to have this conversation with you guys. I'm so excited to watch the docuseries on Sunday, part one. And uh, guys, this is uh, spread this far and wide. Like they said, they're going to get shadow banned. All that's going to happen. We know that. So spread it, post it, direct everyone to truckingforfreedom.com. And guys, thank you for what you've done. Because this could have just fallen on deaf ears for future generations. And, you know, this is, this is important work, the, the history telling. of uh, You know, Canada doesn't have a lot of moments where we can point to and say, this was a time. A lot of countries have those. They're, they're carried on through art and storytelling and dance and music and ceremony. Uh, Canada doesn't have a lot of that. So this is one of these pieces now I think people are going to cling on to and share and reminisce on and spread. So, boys, I'm so pumped for you. Thank you. And I'll be tuned in on Sunday. Amazing. Yeah, and, and honestly, on that, I just have to say, as you say that, it's true. This, this was something Canada did first. And I, you don't get to say that very often. This is something Canada did first. And I've never heard more people say, I am proud to be a Canadian again, as we did on that journey. And, it, and you know, it's so cool to have, to have our brothers and sisters from America try to copy us because of something we did it like I think the last time that that happened might have been like Vinnie Rich when the entire world tried to take Vinnie Rich and no one could do it and the Canadians stepped in like that's honestly the last time in history that I think we did something that the rest of the world couldn't do and and restrictions started dropping off like flies after the Canadian convoy happened it it shook the world and it's, it's such an honor to be able to, to tell this story. It's such an honor to be able to, to stand here talking with you, uh, partnering in, in truth-telling, because this, this has cost you a lot too, right? So it's, a, it's amazing to be able to, to stand here with a group of people that say, you know what, it doesn't matter what it costs anymore, it's important. So I have to yeah. thank you too. Yeah, kid, awesome. thank you. Thank you for what you do, man. Oh, we love your show. It's an honor to be on. So thanks, guys. You're the best. Right on. And let's let's touch base like as the series moves on. I'd love to uh, episode three, episode four, maybe touch base and see how things are going. People are going to be talking about this. We're done, boys. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon.